Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hi, and welcome to the next in the series from Two Script Guys. My name is John Love, and I'll be your host this afternoon, 22nd of May, 2016. Two Script Guys is a podcast by screenwriters for screenwriters talking about, well, screenwriting. We also talk about creativity and filmmaking and all the kinds of related fields dealing with writing. If you want to join the call, our number is 724-444-7444, and our call ID number is 110096. We're here every Sunday at about 1. Uh, today's about 2. But uh, we're here to discuss writing and, and screenwriting. So please join the discussion. If you don't uh, want to uh, lend your voice, then you can certainly write comments down on the um, the uh, TalkShoe web client, as they call it. So, having said all that, let's join the discussion. We're going to talk about 16 things that filmmakers should think about, understand. I'm not going to call them rules because, as William Goldman once said, no one knows anything. So I'm not going to call them rules. But I'm calling them 16 things that filmmakers should seriously um, think about. Also, I want to include screenwriters into this because I don't want to leave the screenwriter out of the discussion. The screenwriter is an important part of this because without a screenwriter, you're not going to have a, a movie. So I want to, uh, all the things I'm going to talk about apply to screenwriters as well. So the first topic is the film and the screenplay doesn't tell a story. One of the most common failings with films submitted to festivals is that they lack structure. If there's no story, people won't watch it. Well, people will watch it at a festival, but they won't particularly care for it. That's the same for documentaries. The best documentaries have a strong and engaging story with a beginning, middle, and an end. I know because I used to make a lot of military documentaries. If you just gave them the, the facts, Jack, then you... Uh, we're not going to engage them. I've seen these documentaries that uh, were talking about some piece of World War II esoterica, and it was nothing but facts, and it particularly wasn't engaging. It's when you build in a story. It's when documentaries become engaging. But the other part about it is that a lot of films that I've seen at festivals are not engaging because it's not about people. It's about things, and there's no story. The other thing is music. Music can be an integral part of a film and can really help your film and tell the story. But you can't put someone else's music in your film without their written permission. If you do, you're in violation of copyright law and you will get at least a nasty letter from a lawyer. 
get your music for your film. There are a lot of free sites or sites that you pay a standard fee and you can download music. And there's a lot of tricks you can do with the music to keep the music going through the film. That's where a good editor comes into play. But, and this goes to writers. Please don't put music in your scripts. It's not good. And you don't own the rights to it. The only time I've ever put music into a script was a script that I was writing of where I'd already established that the main character collected old records and he just mentioned the title of the record and why it was important to the story. A couple of other things I'm going to mention is I would put them under the title of networking and, and marketing. Networking and marketing is a very important part of a film. If you are a sole filmmaker out there working on your own, social media and marketing is a very important thing to learn. You can't just make a film and put it on YouTube and expect that they will come. You need to engage in social media. You need to engage in marketing. So you need to understand or at least have a basic grounding in marketing. And if you don't want to know that, then you should engage someone else who understands marketing. Successful filmmakers visualize the film buyer and distributor for their film before they make it. To successfully market and promote your film, you need to know exactly who you're promoting the film to. If you don't know or you're just making it for yourself, well, I guess if you're making it for yourself, that's okay. But if you're, market, if you're trying to make the film for marketing, you should engage through social media of one kind or another. Facebook is fine, but there's other forms of social media that filmmakers and people who watch films engage in. So you should learn where your markets are. If you're making a horror film, then you should market to the horror market. If you are uh, making a bit of social justice warrior kind of film, then you should engage that market and learn what that market is. The next one is filmmakers. Filmmakers don't, tend to move with the times. They get focused in on one thing or another. And I, there are exceptions to this constantly, but the exceptions then extend that kind of market or genre off into another direction. And, you know, obviously in the back of your mind, you're always thinking zombies. But there have been all uh, people who did Star Wars movies. There have been people who've done Star Trek movies. There's, in fact, there's a whole slew of companies out there that are trying to engage in, in making Star Trek movies. And as I told a, a young screenwriter that I'm uh, currently mentoring, uh, stop writing Star Trek. Uh, it is a technique, and it is a style of a writing that Please don't engage in it. Um, however, zombie films and zombie-like films have inspired many filmmakers, and they play on those trends. Some of them are very innovative and, and understand the concepts of story writing because they realize the, story, the stories are about people, not about the zombies. And then some of them concentrate on killing zombies. I don't have a problem with that. I do have a problem with not telling me a story. So if you're going to go with a trend Try to make it about something. Try to make it about um, the people. People are stories. Things are not stories. One of the things that um, 
is that if you are a filmmaker, that's a really great thing to be. If you're not a writer, then get hold of a good writer. Don't get hold of your buddy down the street who always wanted to write something because they do not know how to write. Get hold of a writer. Make may cost you some money, but you'll get a better script at the end. And the other few things is don't rely on local arts funding. Don't rely on anything other than what you can raise. Now, there's a lot of different systems out there available for filmmakers to raise money. But the truth of the matter is you're not going to raise a dime unless you can prove your bona fides. No one is going to give you any money, except maybe your mom, to make your, to make your movie unless you can uh, raise money through these systems. And the only way to raise money is to prove that you are indeed a filmmaker. So you may have to make a first film on your own pocket, out of your own pocket, but by establishing yourself and then showing the world that, yes, I did this, it's of good quality and it tells a decent story, then people will give you money. But don't expect local, uh, don't expect, here in Seattle, don't expect the SIF to give you um, money to make your film. So a couple of other things that I'd like to chat about that filmmakers, some do very well, some don't. Young filmmakers don't. You don't train, meaning I know that everybody makes mistakes when they start out. Start out doing. You can be, you could have gone through some kind of filmmaking training and come out the other side, but you're still going to make mistakes. I understand that. You learn from your mistakes. But you can minimize these mistakes by learning techniques and talking to professionals in the field. Don't just go out there with your uh, D D6 Canon and start doing what you want to do. You, you learn from people who have worked in the industry. If you want to be a screenwriter, go talk to a screenwriter. Learn the techniques. Take the classes. Um, film theory isn't going to help you out of a book, but listening to people with practical filmmaking experience can. They've done it before, and they can give you hints that will help you avoid some of the basic mistakes. Now, truth be told, the modern cameras that they have out with the automatic focusing and, and, and light capabilities are far beyond what I learned on Super 8 and 16 millimeter way back in the day. And there you had to know your stuff. You had to know lighting temperature. You had to know focus distance because we had, there used to be people called focus boulders. You had to know all that stuff and you had to be able to do the math in your head because it was a useful technique for a camera person to, to know what they were doing. And if you didn't um, and you failed, the, the, the film wasn't focused properly or the color balance was wrong, you couldn't fix that in post back in the day. So you really had to know quite a bit. And you had to learn by doing, and you had to learn from the experts in the field. Today, well, maybe not so much, but you should still talk to the experts. There are classes, there are filmmaking schools out there that, uh, <coughs> that will give you training uh, on, on the use of all this. So 
please engage people that really know um, how to do their their work. Um, and that leads me to another one. The attitude is that I'll fix it in post, post-production. All the advancements in post-production technology, you can do almost anything in post. There's software uh, that that is out there that is, the software is getting cheaper all the time. It's easy to rely on to fix the mistakes. However, if you get it right the first time, you don't need to fix it in post. But if you're dubbing audio or getting rid of a boom in a shot, fixing stuff in post can only be used as a means of a last resort. If there's any way that you can fix it during production, it'll be always easier to work it out. If you can get everything as good as it can be, possibly be then post-production will be a common stress-free process. But here's something else. Let me talk about training. I want to, I want to talk about training in another aspect. You as the filmmaker, if you have knowledge and experience as a filmmaker, then you should pass on that knowledge. It's not a world of, I know what I know, and I'm not going to tell you. It's a world of everybody needs to share and learn and understand why, if they want to be a filmmaker. If you have people on the crew that all they want to do is hold your microphone forever because they, they're your friend, then that's cool. But m most people involved in the filmmaking process want to understand why are the actors doing what they're doing? Why is the story told the way they are? So it becomes important for you as the filmmaker to try to train or teach them. If they don't want to learn, that's cool too. That's their problem. But you've made the effort. So, but if you give people the opportunity to learn, they'll be happier for it and you will have imparted knowledge. But this walks toward another thing about um, filmmaking. Don't alienate your crew. The words please and thank you cost nothing, yet so many people forget them. If you're making a low-budget film, then the chances are that most, if not all, of the crew are working for nothing. So you can do two things to, for, to make it work for you. One, feed them and give them food and drink. Um, if you're working, say, and then say please and thank you. Be polite. Um, Sometimes discipline is needed on a film set. I understand that. But yelling at people is not going to get them to do their job any faster or better. So if you learn to be nice to people and make sure they have food and drink, they will like you for it. I won't say they'll love you for it, but they'll like you for it and they'll work harder for you. When you're frustrated that the sun has gone down and you didn't get that perfect shot, don't yell at your director of photography. It's not his fault. When a train goes past, when you're filming a pivotal moment, don't yell at your sound engineer because they don't appreciate it and they have no control over the train schedule. So just learn to deal with people politely and efficiently. Uh, if, you, if you're Michael Bay, you still haven't learned that lesson, but most of us aren't Michael Bay. I, I used to know, working on sets, I had guys that would walk past with T-shirts that says, you can't scare me, I worked for Michael Bay. So here's another thing to keep in consideration oh, regarding working with your crew. They don't consider other opinions. Now, constructive criticism is one thing. If you have people on your set that are interrupting you all the time, well, that's a whole other aspect. But I'm talking about if someone, if your major crew, your director of photography or your sound engineer or your assistant director or somebody has a good suggestion, 
keep it in mind. Uh, people who work on projects will have different approaches because they will have seen how to solve problems and, and, and you should give them a full consideration of their, of their opinion. Uh, the same goes for screenwriters. And I think I've mentioned this before. The same goes for screenwriters. If you're a screenwriter and you want your script to be reviewed by somebody who obviously will know what they're doing, please don't show your screenplay to your mom or whomever. Just pay the money and and uh, get a good screen uh, person to um, read your script. But if they have constructive criticism, don't ignore it. You may not agree with them, but don't start defending your work. This is same as true as it as, a, as on the movie set as it is with a screenwriter. If they have an, a good opinion about something, keep it. And if you don't agree with it, that's cool. Keep it in the background, but don't just continue defending your work. Okay. So in other words, keep your narcissism in check. One of the other aspects I'd like to talk about is really quick here is permission to film on location. Um, Seattle has a really efficient um, film um, film office. They will help you get permission to film. Filming in Seattle is getting permission to film in Seattle. If you don't go through the film office, can be a really complicated process. And there are some localities. If you even if you tried guerrilla filmmaking, if they can identify their city in the background, they'll still come after you. And don't even try filming in the forest near uh, Sparks, is it? Not Sparks. Forks, sorry. Forks here in Washington because it'll cost you $10,000 a day. And that's where they film the vampire movies. So um, make sure that you have permission to film and make sure that the location is private or public property. Um, if I, I can tell you that working and teaching film at um, Cal State Fullerton in Fullerton, California, a lot of the film students would try to film in downtown Fullerton. Well, there was one guy, one guy who owned about half a dozen properties in downtown Fullerton who would not let you film his property. You could not film his property. You couldn't even have it in the background. You couldn't even do a pan shot down Main Street of Fullerton and film his property. He would not allow it. Um, and if you filmed it and you put it in your film, he would you would get a letter from his lawyer. You, he would not allow his property to be filmed. So um, it, it, you know, all of these um, all of these suggestions for filmmakers are um, you know, just keep them in mind, keep them in the back of your brain. And I'm not telling you not go out and film. I'm saying keep all these things and just keep it in your, your mind. The last one I want to talk about before I open it for uh, up for discussion is a lot of I want to call them I don't want to call them failed filmmakers, but I want to tell uh, talk about filmmakers who had made a film and then it failed in some way. It went to a festival and nobody liked it, or it didn't get to the festival or what have you. And I hear this. And I've heard this before in other in film classes. I've heard this from a lot of young filmmakers. I say young. Um, we can't make the film because 
uh, there's just no market for it anymore, or that nobody wants real stories anymore, or nobody, humma, humma, humma. Or you can't write a screenplay because they only want big blockbuster $40 million movies, and I can't write a screenplay like that. You're making excuses. You're making excuses. Go make your movie. Write the screenplay. Go make your movie. Learn the process. You're going to make mistakes, but nothing will fail if you keep working toward that goal of getting it out there. There are lots of classes available. There are lots of websites available. There are a lot of things on uh, YouTube available. Just keep moving forward and making your films. And keep, you know, under, try to understand the whole process because you're on set. If you're the filmmaker, you're the producer, you're going to be the guy behind the camera. You're going to be the guy controlling what's in, going on the video, I'm going to say the film, but you're the guy in charge. So understand that process. Understand the moment you put an actor in front of a camera, uh, make sure they understand their lines, they're the appropriate person for that role, and that they're doing their job. So you have to interplay all of these factors together. You have to make sure there's funding, you have to make sure that people are where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there, or you've gotten people in line that will do that for you, and you can rely on them. A, a Any film is not you in the backyard with the dog and a camera. That is not a story. True stories, like from coming from Dead Gentleman Productions, you know, he's gone from a crew of eight or nine loyal people to now he can put it together a film with 100 people. But he's proven himself. He's learned his, uh, and I'm talking about Ben Dobbins, um, he's learned his trade, and he's he's produce some well-made uh, films. So just keep all those things in mind, and uh, I appreciate you listening today to Two Script Guys. So um, we're going to open up the discussions. Uh, let's see. So I've got two people online. They can... Um, you can ask your questions. Please go ahead. I'll let the other person go first. I'm a patient man. <laughs> All right. Please don't. No, has the has the gauntlet has fallen to me? Okay. Um, I don't want to blow my own horn, but I am like. There's Julian Assange. There's Edward Snowden, and then there is uh, Luke McKee. I was a political refugee in Hong Kong before Snowden. And it's very hard for political refugees to prove what they are. And I had to steal the proof that I was one from my own hospital records when I was in Hong Kong. And uh, the document's online at bit.ly slash aurefugee2 because they they censored the first copy, I, the, the duplicate copy I, I, I had online, which was bit.ly slash aurefugee, which is a dead, li- a dead link. I was wondering, do Hollywood screenwriters... Uh, cover very uh, controversial uh, issues and if I was in the market to try and find like I am a very good researcher but I'm, I don't have the talents that you have in writing can you if someone wanted to find uh, scriptwriters and or authors who'd be willing to uh, work on a project um, 
that uh, covering covering my unique persecution, I'm wanted for Australia's rarest crime and the first domestic terrorist outlaw motorcycle gang law we have in Australia because you guys got the Patriot Act and we, we had outlaw motorcycle gang laws at the same time because we didn't have enough Muslim bogeyman terrorists in Australia. So they had to, to fall back on the Hells Angels and jokingly enough the Sons of Anarchy and, and what have you, just kidding there with the Sons of Anarchy of course, they're not, they're fictional and um, make crime of association laws and the first ever outlaw motorcycle gang law is the one that I'm accused of and everyone accused of the law before me is a death in custody according to freedom of information requests. They have a legal framework for the execution of corruption whistleblowers in Australia and um, right now I'm exposing um, my, my own father right now is being persecuted in court back in Australia by the same people who came after me. Um, um, it's McKee versus Burns on the Ostley, A-U-S-T-L-I-I dot E-D-U dot A-U website. That's where you'll find all case law. And there's really amazing stuff in actual case law. You've got people being thrown in jail for religious vilification of satanic cults, started by Alistair Crowley, who talked to L. One Hubbard and helped him found Scientology. And um, like that's, Burn, that's on the same website, that is actually um, leg with an extra G, and divine, D-E-V-I-N-E. Those are the two keywords. Look up that case to prove that I'm I'm not a uh, a paranoid, delusional person. I'm giving you uh, what the government is telling you, uh, which is not conspiracy theory. So um, there are scriptwriters who work on documentary films, and I was wondering how someone in my unique situation would want to contact, uh, find the communities, because I don't know your communities. This is the first time I've actually ever. You were actually a target of opportunity. I just saw you on the talk show live now, and I'm not trolling. I actually, this is the true story. This is the real me. I am really, um, I've, my, my, my talk show shows what's going on, as does my YouTube and my Twitter. Um, and I've been in this predicament now for 10 years in exile, uh, ever since uh, two uh, special uh, pink triangle badge-wearing, Glock 22-carrying uh, special gay police came to my house. And if you think I'm nuts we don't have special gay police, well then there's facebook.com uh, police GLBTI, the government special gay police page, and Harvard University in America gave uh, Best Innovation American Government Award 2006 to uh, segregated gay apartheid police in Washington, D.C.'s Metropolitan Police Unit, and I got their website, glu.org, censored, which is now Japanese les run by Japanese lesbians. So I'm sorry to say all this stuff, but it's actually all true. My question is, how can I connect with the documentary filmmaker, scriptwriter community and uh, possible authors who might want to collaborate on a, a project? How, do, how does someone who is not in your community approach your community to have these kind of, uh, to pitch a story or a project like this? How would I go about it? I know so, nothing. All right. So let's go, let's address your question about finding a screenwriter. Um, there are several different sites um, on the uh, internet for looking for screenwriters, one of which is um, inktip.com. And okay. inktip.com uh, is um, you can join it as a producer. It costs you some money, but then you can post your request uh, to, to here's, here's what I'm seeking. I'm seeking a writer to do this. 
Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have the capital. This is someone. I'm the actual source of the story, and um, I'm not. I'm, I'm in it to get the truth out, and uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm in it to save my family who's being persecuted. But my, we're kind of winning now because my dad's been prosecuted for linking to a YouTube video about uh, two gay marriage activists who raped a Russian infidels and inspired the Russian democracy to make those laws that stop gay men buying babies and indoctrinating children that are not anti-gay unless the gays believe they must have messed with everyone's children. And, um, and my dad's also, the video my dad linked to accurately predicted that two men were pedophiles who just arrested uh, last Tuesday. Um, so, yeah, so um, my, my dad's winning because the court's backflipping now because they realize that they're acting as pedo a pedophile shielding organization. But um, I, I still want to get, it's still an interesting story. It would be an interesting book or documentary, and I don't have the money to take the approach you just suggested on Inktip because I, I can't produce this. I don't have the capital to fund a, a documentary. I want to have someone who's a bit of an entrepreneur uh, documentary kind of person to cover the story and then be in it for the royalty and the screening as their own as their own project. And um, so as long any, as, as long as some of the money goes to Bravehearts, an anti-pedophile charity, I'm happy. So any attempt on your part to gain a writer for free or have someone invest in your story, that's really outside the realm of what I do with screenwriters because uh, that that is you're trying to get people to work for free. And yeah, I'm not trying to do that. Maybe I should do what the um, uh, the, the the gay dads that my dad uh, allegedly did the crime of homosexual vilification of, and that was go on a crowdfunding websites and take that approach. Because I've never used a crowdfunding website before, and they asked money for to get free uh, legal. To, they, they were making a crowdfunded book to help to, 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 yeah. to raise to raise money. So. Thank you. I appreciate you calling in, and uh, yeah, good luck trying to find a writer. I I can't think of a, you know, Inktip is one source. There's a couple of other sources that allow you to come in as a producer, but yeah, you're going to have to come is in. Is there any free websites where you can pitch ideas for script writers to for documentaries oh. and saying, look, here I'm your muse. Here's a free muse for a, a potential uh, true documentary you could make. Um, so I'm not the producer. I am a um, someone suggesting a, a topic for the um, some a filmmaker to to work on. Right. So there's also film festivals. Uh, you can try. There's uh, Pitch Fest that's going on in LA right now. Uh, you could try to. Pitch Fest. Uh, no. Um, yeah, Pitch Fest. Um, the Great American Pitch Fest, Script Fest, or ScriptFest.com. Yeah. Right. And. Um, there is. Uh, oh, it's going now. Finished last day today. <laughs> a bit late. <laughs> I might. I might tweet the pitch fest, Bob. Yes. Yeah, so there's there's various pitch fests that go on. The Great American Pitch Fest does it twice a year. Once in Canada. Once in um, Los Angeles. Uh, there's a pitch fest that goes on here in Seattle. Uh, there are various other pitch fests. I mean, you can always get a table and uh, try to get writers interested in your work. There's also I mean, there's obviously there is Facebook trying to find screenwriting groups and pitching your idea with with that. Um, but um, other than that, this I is something that Hollywood uh, mainstream Hollywood uh, doesn't support because um, Hollywood, as you know, tried to um, do a boycott on uh, Georgia because um, 
they believe uh, oh. men should go into women's bathrooms and and um, so actually, are you giving me mainline Hollywood information or are you giving me where, something that's more inclusive? Well, all of them, you know, these are other sites that you can use. There's a lot of independent filmmakers out there that are looking for, and documentarians that are looking for subjects. Uh, documentarian sources, um, documentary uh, production companies, yeah, I actually I kind of tried this before once with a um, uh, my my in-laws on my wife's side. I live in Vietnam. Was locked on on a, a torture island off Da Nang uh, during the um, Vietnamese War. But he um, we tried to get a, a, a Harold Fenton from Truth News Radio Australia was going to try and get a, a film crew to um, uh, cover it. But they tried that approach and couldn't get any coverage to get the project off the ground. We've just got some footage which we might release after he's passed because it just shows you that America was doing Guantanamo style um, you know torture kidnap camps long before uh, Guantanamo but you know there's lots of truth out there that just that that the powers that be just don't want to have release and I just want to find is there any alternative forums for um, non for alternative media groups to um, that alternative media documentary filmmakers is the market I'm, I'm going for because even if these people wanted to, to do it, their handlers and their money, their money, where they get their purse strings would be pulled tight before it gets off the ground. And I wouldn't want to sign oh, a contract I, with someone who would guarantee my silence, legally so anyway. There's, uh, uh, there's a lot of documentary film production companies. You just have to do a search on documentary production companies. But of companies that you're talking about, I put in alternative to documentary production companies and came up with Lotera. Uh, films, Loteria, Loteria, L-O-T-E-R-I-A films, and they t- do the so- social justice warrior kind of thing. Um, uh, but here's the thing: I'm I'm not the SJW. They hate me. I'm a conservative. I'm the conservative version of Snowden and Assange. Just Assange, Snowden is in Russia complaining about bloody gay rights when. He doesn't know the Russian democracy made a, a unanimous vote. Uh, I found a lot of your films, by the way. I'm listening to what you're saying. And he was complaining about Russia's anti-gay laws that was made after Australian-American gay marriage activist Mark Newton and Peter Trong had sexual intercourse with a Russian infant, Drake Newton, who was kidnapped and given an Australian passport without a DNA test per the law. Then the Australian police didn't arrest him in Australia for exploitive overseas commercial surrogacy because they still have a stand down for political correctness because it's politically correct for gay men to pay Asian women less than a dollar an hour to breed babies for them. And, um, you know, this, I, mean, I mean, this is the kind of level of political correctness I am. And, and, um, and social justice warriors just believe every Asian woman is a gay man's whore, and if you don't like it, you're a homophobe. I mean, because the supply and demand with the commercial surrogacy industry, it goes to where the people are most vulnerable, and that's why all the babies are being made in Cambodia now by New Life Surrogacy. And Let me try to answer yeah. your question. So there's a list of conservative documentaries and fiction films on no one of import at WordPress.com. Uh, no one, no one of import, no one of import WordPress. Just doing a search. Uh, the the reason I'm mentioning that is that. From a, a, if you look up the doc, the conservative documentary, and you then back check it who who produced it, then you can find the list of companies that that do the kind of thing you're looking for. 
No, uh, no one of any import dot wordpress dot com. Yes, no one of any. Because the lottery one you gave me is broadcast on uh, on PBS, and just by chance, I tuned into PBS since I used to live in California in Bakersfield, and I tuned in for the only time I've tuned into PBS since I left America. It was talking about. Uh, you know, <laughs> sex offenders being able to begin the law change there so they can live next door to schools. And I had to leave America because I was almost murdered by Christopher Kent Bowersox. And I've got his uh, charge sheet for my arrest on um, my scribe page, scribe.com slash Luke underscore McKee. I'm doing a little bit of trolling but so you guys can hear that I'm the real deal. You can see the charge sheet for Bowersox. You can see the FBI press release saying he was actually jailed for downloading... Uh, bestiality and child porn and um it's a, it's a scandal and i mean that's why i had to leave america so i've, I've had run in, have had two run-ins with gay police and they're both mainstream media confirmed gay criminals now my story is is something is a story that many conservative people would would pay to see you know give you your sources and why don't you try looking up at that and if you have any results uh please send me an email Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm um, sure. I'll, I'll send you an email. And you, like I said, you can see my talks. You can see I'm the real deal. I'm uploading interviews that I've done with a guy who run the Australian, who was a runner-up for the Australian uh, Tropfest Film Festival, oh. uh, Topher Fields, uh, Topher, T-O-P-H-E-R.com.au. I mean, he's interviewed me before. So I've been around the traps. I am a real people. There are some people in the documentary film industry you know, have heard of me before, but no one's had the guts to really approach me. And I just wanted to say that I am very... Thank you. Thank you for your call. Appreciate it very much. Uh, we have another caller on S. California. Did you have anything to say? No? Okay. Well, it was, I appreciate the, the calls and the notes. I mounted a note here to the, the source of the conservative documentaries and fiction films that you can take a look at. Uh, I appreciate everybody calling in. Uh, you can contact John at 714 uh, John is also available at two script guys at twoscriptguys at gmail.com. Um, you can um, also post on our Facebook at two script guys. That's TWO script guys. John also has a uh, web page, I'm sorry, a YouTube page at under Two Script Guys and a number of films regarding um, screenwriting and writing in general, creativity. So I appreciate everybody has, um, uh, you know, joined today and um, we've kind of gone over our time but uh, thanks for the um, thanks for joining me this afternoon have a nice weekend talk to you later bye 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.